Bentley Greens go the distance against Avondale. It's a bad day for bullying as called a triumph for Dandenong Thunder survive. Ladies and gentlemen, it is episode 32 of the Semi-Pro Potty, the grand final review show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome for the very last time this season to episode 32 of the Semi-Pro Potty. I'm your host, William Chambers, and join to me to my right this week, every week, for no more weeks this season, is Branson Gibson, my friend. How are you on this sombre day? I'm very well. Thank you, Will. How are you so doing? Not- How are you doing? Well, I mean, I'm well, but I'm a little bit... A little bit sad. It's weird to think that this is, well, episode 32 and an entire NPL season has come and gone. It has been a long and fruitful journey for, I think, both of us. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, you know? Like, thinking about all the talking points, all the events, all the all the games that we've watched and that we've talked about and that we've been to, everything... Doesn't feel that long, does it? It doesn't no, feel like 32 weeks. No, no. Like, that's what I mean. I'm just sort of thinking, like... It seems to have sort of not flown by, flown by to use a cliche, but it do, it definitely doesn't feel like 32 weeks. What no. a loaded 32 weeks it has been. There is also a really high chance that at some point we miscounted some of the episodes and we jumped from like episode 18 to 27. Yeah, possibly. But there's also, what, 26 rounds plus, plus finals, finals. There's the makeup the round four, as well. Three. Yeah, so... 26, 27 plus preview and review. No, I think 32 is about, about right. Let's do live maths on the podcast yeah, and see in, how that treats us. Yeah, we're, in, we're in, the, uh, in the right area, I reckon. We are, we are. Um, big show, mate. Big show. Um, we've got a lot to get through. There was obviously the big games on Sunday. We had the completely pointless game on Friday night, which was yeah, the NPL2 playoff grand final thing that makes no sense. Um and then we're just going to obviously do a little bit of a review of our season, our first season of NPL football and enjoy it. But first and foremost, we do it every week. This is the last time we're doing it this year, which I think both of our bank accounts are going to love us for, because the kit bag segment, we love it dearly, but it is not the most fiscally responsible section of our podcast. Well, it depends on uh, depends on your uh, the way you approach it. You know, an investment, mate, an investment. An investment is... Something. I mean, yeah, okay, there are certain kits that are going to go up in value. I don't yep. think the um, South Sudan Kamara jersey that I have is necessarily going to be mm. one on classic football Could. shirts in 20 years' time. Could be. Who knows? I mean, yeah. There's better investments, I think. Well, the fact that Kamara plays for Sierra Leone and not South Sudan. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Even I got it mixed up. <laughs> anyway, kit bag, mate. What are you wearing? I am wearing... Something spectacular. Pretty funky. Pretty cool, pretty unique. Yep, it's all of those baskets. It's a Northwich kit. They yep. are in the ninth division, I believe, of England. Yep. Well, they're the non-league, pretty much. Well, eighteen seventy-four Northwich, I believe that's their name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's seventy-four on the jersey, so let's assume that seventy-four in some way equates to nineteen eighteen seventy-four, and not like you know the number of pints consumed before each game. Yeah, possibly. So what ninth tier of English football playing? Cheshire, is that yes. right? Yeah, very fun kit. So, like, talk me through it because it's uh, it looks like it's a light blue 
Uh, sorry, dark blue base with some funky light blue and then white. I don't even we know what you. What would you even call? It's, it's not even a like pattern. A, no, it's sort of like a Meccano set kind of grid. Yeah, um, yep. but it's very funky. Also, look, you know, I love a good shirt sponsor. Yes, Britannia carpets, so good. Fuck yes, so Come good. Come at me. Um, I bet when Britannia carpets signed up to sponsor Northwich, they didn't imagine that they'd be getting a shout out on a podcast in Australia. Fuck no, neither would SK Kits, who I believe are the kit manufacturer. Yeah, of absolutely, it. never heard of them. Yep, um, never heard of them. I feel like God, it's it's one of those like it's all one print. It's like a screen print. It's not like there's a badge honor and like a sponsor is an iron on heat transfer it's all just one big print so look it's a lovely kit um it we like our blue kits we really yep. do um so yeah and a quick shout out to 1874 northwich they play in the northwest counties football league in the premier division and they're currently third this year amazing points for trying is what I would give them. Well, thirds is thirds pretty good. Five games, four yeah, wins, one loss. Yeah, not division though. It's not the dizzying heights of football. Still well, well, they're they're on the climb. They mate. started here on the climb. <laughs> um, Bran, you've got one that I actually really love because when I was first really getting into football, um, Celtic were one that me and my mate Jerry would always watch because we had Scott McDonald there. There was just like Shunsuke Nakamura. There was a lot of good footballers in that club at that time. Uh, you've got a throwback from yes. one of the Celtic jerseys. Yes, so it's not only is it a throwback, it's also an op shop pickup. So it is a 19... 19- a throwout that you picked up. Yes, exactly. So it's a. I think it's a Celtic away kit from 1999-2000. Uh, I will be honest, it... I, I do believe this particular one is of the fake varieties. I don't think it's a uh, full authentic, but the uh, the general gist of the shirt remains. So it's it's black and it's got like I don't know, all like a Celtic pattern on it. Yep, uh, uh, green stripes. So that's obviously the the, the sort of the predominant. Well, it's the lo- back to the main kit. Yeah, but- well, it's like the top half and the bottom half of the Celtic logos are put together in a sort of snake manner with. Some lovely green lines. It's quite a good kit. I do wish it was the authentic version, but as as far as kits go, as, away kits in particular, you know, generally they're a little bit more creative, much like yours, which is mm. an away kit. I like it. All for a good Celtic kick, fake or not. You pick it up at an op shop, you got to do it. Well, I think with $6, hard to go wrong, even if it is fake, for $6. You couldn't even get lunch for that much. Definitely not. Probably could, actually. Maybe. A tofu barn me, I reckon. Mm, might be eight. Seven, seven-ish. Mm. Plus anyway, or it's probably not six, you're right. Anyway, moving on, moving on. From, from lunches that may or may not be $6. Football. Let's jump in headfirst into it because Sunday was the day that we were building towards. Yep, the triple header. Triple header at Amy Park. Sunday offered up some very amazing weather. If you watch the games on repeat, uh, I think the playoff final... Between Dandenong and uh, Dandenong Thunder, I should say, and Bulleen Lions was in broad daylight. It was lovely, yeah, sunshine, sunny, and nice. Yep, beautiful Women's weather. Game, the rain sort of came and went a bit. Yeah, more overcast. Yep. yep. Um, and then the final game rained solidly for a good ninety minutes, and it was a boggy mess by the end of it. Yes, um, accurate. So well done, Melbourne. Great weather. Um, but it was one of the days that we were building up to, and we'll work back. I think from from the in reverse order, yeah, yeah, because of, of which the games were played. Yep, yeah. So 
Avondale versus Bentley. Now, last week, I was probably a little bit more... What have Bentley got up their sleeve? Because for them to get to the grand final, I was like, well, I've thrown everything out the window. I do not know what's going on here. Yeah. Because their form leading into the final did not in any way dictate they should be in the grand final. But they were there. You were quite confident that Avondale would be able to win on Sunday. I was, yep. It was a really good game. It was. It was a really yeah, like sure. end-to-end game. And I think we said this last week was that it's probably the the football purist we were talking to with Phil Rico Bene about it. And we were, this is probably the football purist game of two teams that are going to play football against each other. They're going to go after each other. They're going to attack. And, and the game started that way. I would probably say Avondale had the earlier sort of um, ascendancy. Yeah, but well, I, n- not on the score sheet. Well, no. Well, I thought Avondale started like a house on fire. I think Sakaya had a shot inside the first minute that Ryan Scott made a good save to tip over over the bar. And for the first 20 minutes, I'm, I'm totally with you. Avondale definitely seemed to control the game, but their biggest flaw was not being able to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. And, and like they weren't really able to capitalise that. I thought Bentley sort of did well to work their way back into it, but I thought for probably 35 of the first 45 minutes, Avondale were the better team. They had a number of chances. Well, Suki in the first minute. hit the crossbar, I think. Well, that was later. That was way, way, way later. But he had a shot in the first minute. He had a shot in, like, the first minute of stoppage time. He was one-on-one with Scott pulled it wide. Yes, true. Uh, Germano had a free kick that was close as well. Um... It was it was really good, but then on the same end, by the pressing that Avondale would do, by the um, tendency to get forward, it was leaving gaps in behind that Bentley were probably not taking their chances with, but they were definitely getting in behind and making themselves accounted for. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. So it was a really good end-to-end game, and you know the weather kind of made it good in the first half because the ball was skidding along a lot. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too wet at that stage. No, it yeah. was just like greasy and good, and yeah. it wasn't too heavy and. You didn't see players like labouring to run through it, um, but then you know it was around about the forty-minute mark that Yusuf Ahmed um, got in behind, got close range goal, stonking finish right into the roof of the net, tight angle. Yeah, tight angle, blasted um, it over Ryan Scott, no chance. Yeah, I think Ryan Scott could have got a pretty sizable mitt to it's probably still going in. Um, so that gave Avondale the lead, and at this stage I was like, yep, first half ends that way. I think Avondale deserved the lead. Yeah, well, I definitely thought they deserved the lead, but I was concerned from an Avondale point of view that it was only one. Because yes. the thing that sort of gets me going is people say a 2 0 lead's the most dangerous lead in, in football. And I can't, I understand the philosophy, but it's not because a 1 0 lead's the most dangerous lead in football because you're a goal away, a mistake away from no longer having it. And yeah. so I was sort of of that opinion at halftime when it's like you know it very easily felt oh, well not very easily could have been but it definitely felt like it should have been more than two based on Avondale's dominance and then we saw after half time Bentley really sort of had a 20 minute sort of purple patch that I thought where they they controlled the game and that was their best spell oh, throughout absolutely. the entire match yeah. and they were attacking better. They looked far more threatening. They were finding space. And before they did equalize, I don't know about you, but I felt like it was coming. Oh, I knew it was coming. I think in the first 10 minutes after they came out of the sheds at halftime, I went, there was a dominant display at the start, but you don't win games at the start from Avondale. And Bentley came out of the sheds going, yeah, we're back in this. 
Um, you know, there's no way in hell that they're they're beaten in this tie. The weather, I think, started to be a bit of a, an evening of the playing field as well. Yep. Where, you know, I think it was probably not... It didn't get ugly from there. It just got a little bit more industrial. You yeah, know, there were well, some there, there challenges were... flying in. It probably took a bit of the skill out of the game, so... A lot more puddles on the field as well. Yeah, and it was just one of those ones where... Um, you start to see players getting a little bit tired from you know running around in the the heavy pitch and everything. So it was, it was a really good start from Bentley, and when they equalised, absolutely deserved it. Um, well, it was Web- Webster who equalised spectacular finish as well, sort of threw on goal, and then he ended up chipping the Avondale keeper Rory Bryan. He was sort of near the touchline. Yeah, Bryan. I thought he was sort of caught a little bit in no man's land. I reckon if he comes out the whole way, he probably makes himself big enough to get something on it so it doesn't go in. But yes. he, he comes out and then stops. Yeah. And and the second you do that, you're in no man's land. Yeah. It's still a very good finish. Like, yeah. well, I wouldn't have finished well, it. And Webster, Webster, a centre-back as well. So yeah. from a tight angle on the run, chips the keeper. You know, superb. Grand final scenes. Love superb it. Superb finish. Um, so, look, that took it to 1-1. Um, and while there was a lot of... Uh, it got a bit spicier towards the end there, and there was a lot of sort of chances carved by both teams. No team would go on to score. We went to extra time. Yep. And, and, and you know, there were chances in extra time as well. Probably well, was, more to Avondale. Yeah, well, Suki straight after the break, it, as you said, he hit the crossbar. I think it was like the second minute of extra time. Hillier, I think it was, tried his luck from range. Yep. Uh, Ryan Scott saved it, parried it, knocked it right into Suki. Five yards out. Yeah. Scott in absolutely no man's land. He's laying on the ground like he's just made a save. He's not doing it's, anything. He's hit the target. And, 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 yeah. and so you hit the crossbar. And you just could, as an Avonel person watching the game, could not believe it. As a neutral person, cannot believe it. Yeah. Like, it's just a classic you go. And, and he's been one of the standout players of the year. So it's, pro- it's probably an interesting time to go through the, the scenarios that we're at with this grand final. Because you were in the Avondale dugout. Mm-hmm. Very much sort of involved in their sort of camp. Yep. I was in the stands with Branson's girlfriend, Tony, yep. who doesn't really like soccer. No. So, Tony and I are sitting in the stands watching the game together. We're down near the end where, spoiler alert, um, Bentley celebrate. But I had just come back off of a flight from a massive weekend interstate. So, I had pretty much not slept, come straight from the airport into the ground with my bags... Found out there's a cloakroom at Amy Park. They are lovely people in the cloakroom there. Looked after me. Very good people. Um, and so I was exhausted, and I did not want this game to go to extra time, if I'm honest with you. I was like, I'm exhausted. When Sakai has that shot... Well, that um, was in extra time. Yeah, in extra yeah, time. Yeah. Like, two minutes in, I'm like, oh, no, I'm a little bit keen for this. Tony wasn't keen for it. And then we go through extra time, and the further we go through extra time... I was like, I think a mistake is going to decide where this one goes. And that was always going to be a cruel way to decide it. But we got through extra time as well. 1-1 into the penalty shootout. What was the feeling like within the Avondale camp? Well, it was sort of weird. So, like, after the full-time whistle, a lot of the Avondale coaches were confident that we uh, that they would outrun Bentley. Yeah. They were saying, like, you know, Bentley looks spent... We're, we're fitter than they are, we're fresher than they are, we are going to overrun them. And they said, you know, the message was don't force it, you know, like don't... Wait don't, for it to come, yeah. You know, don't try to force it. If it goes to penalties, it goes to penalties, but, you know, we will create something. And to be fair, they did. I thought they created a number of chances that they, they could have put away. 
but alas, they they didn't. So going into penalties, the feeling was still confident. I mean, you still got to be confident. It's like, all right, you know, we practice this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go make it happen. Go get it done kind of thing. It's such a, like I was explaining. I, 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 I don't think you can be, I don't think you can go into it thinking anything else. I mean, you'd no. be you'd be nervous, but you're up there and you're going, well, here we go. Yeah, it's, it's almost a flip of a coin. I was saying that to Tony. I was just like, like penalty shootout, anything can happen. Like mm-hmm. I've always been told, you know, pick your spot and just, just hit it. Don't try anything too fancy, that sort of stuff. So the penalty shootout, look, there was one... There was one mistake in it. And it wasn't really a mistake. It was a pr- probably decent penalty. You know, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. But Ryan Scott, Bentley Green's goalkeeper, what I loved about him is that he had such a smile on his face the entire sort of extra time and penalty shootout um, game. Like, he was looking really happy. He wasn't looking stressed. And he pulls off an excellent save. It would be the save. I think it was about, what, the third penalty in? We saved two. Did he? Yes. Oh, the last one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he saved the last one. Yes. Um, I think he saved the second one. Yeah, he saved the is it the second or third. Makes a very good save. That changes the tie to Bentley Greens. And then Avondale have to score their penalty. He makes the save. Runs off and celebrates. Um, slides. Excellent goal celebration by him. Well, not goal celebration, but excellent celebration by him. Sort of runs towards his teammates. Then his family is in the corner that Tony and I were sitting in. And he does a perfect knee slide in the wet, soggy pitch celebrates with his friends and family. Um, really, really good, sort of... He just looked like he was having fun out there. And we've actually got a bit of a treat because he was kind enough to jump on the phone with us. He's since jumped out of Australia. He's on holiday now. So he, he gave us a call and we just had a quick chat to him about what that sort of run into the finals was like, what that level of belief was with their low form and whether or not they get there. And and what that penalty shootout is like. So, Bran, we will chuck to that one now, have a listen of that, and then we can round off this game. Ryan Scott, thank you very much for joining us. Um, just want to say congratulations, first and foremost, on the heroics from Sunday's grand final. Um, you've not stayed in the country too long. Where are you talking to us from today? No, actually, uh, <laughs> you're from Amsterdam at moment, which is yeah, been good, good fun. Yeah, lovely. Um, in terms of then sort of getting into the finals, that momentum in the sort of final few weeks, how was that sort of for you? Did you sort of feel like you were sort of a, probably the least form team in the final series? Um, how did that sort of translate for you guys going in? Did form matter much or did you know that you would be able to turn up on the day? Oh, yeah, we thought we were going to be honest, mate. So um, we didn't expect anything really. We just thought we'd have a go and see how we went and then... So when you think that would be momentum and the rest is history now. It is, it is indeed. When you were sort of faced, when you saw that you were going to face Avondale in that final, um, was it really go out there and have fun and see what happens or did you have a plan and you sort of knew how you could get at them? Because it was a really, really good game on Sunday, actually. I know the weather was a bit bad, but it was a very close tussle. Yeah, we just, we just thought we'd have a crack at them. Um, sort of saw them a bit vulnerable, they lost the league, so they probably should have won. Um, and then yeah, so pressure pressure on them. Look, we were the underdogs, so we just thought getting a really good in their face, and um, yeah, it seemed to work. It did indeed. Everyone looked like they were having fun out there. I saw there was a great shot that our Tash posted this week of you smiling in the rain, thumbs up, pointing out, and and sort of that led into the finals, into the uh, penalty shootout. 
So, you know, Branson and I have sort of spoken about the game in, in a bit of detail, but, you know, when you knew it was going to a penalty shootout, what was sort of going through your head and was it really just, you know, smile, have a bit of fun and see what happens? Yeah, I look, I'm, I was pretty confident that um, we'd, we'd win on penalties once we got there, so you've you got to be confident in that position. Um, back yourself in, so I thought, um, you know, try and show the boys that I had confidence in them and none of that confidence in me, so... Probably carried on a little bit, but um, yeah, I think getting any sort of mental edge in a shootout, you can. So, uh, but yeah, just enjoyed it and been a bit of a clown, but it, it came off, so it was, it was good. Oh, look, I think it's a really good thing to um, to do is to actually enjoy it while you're there. And, uh, you know, I don't think it was being a clown, I think it was just, you know, making the most of the snow because it's not often that you get yourself in that position. Um, yeah, that, ce- that celebration, you know, you guys sort of. You've won it. You've probably come from as far as you could in that final setup of I think it was fifth when the final started to, to winning the final and that that slide into the the corner. What was sort of going through your mind then, and and, and how good does it feel, and, and sort of how does it rank in some of the things that you've had in your career? Yeah, um, I had my uh, brother and my mates in that corner, so um, once it's all the way, that's when uh, I make the most of the wet conditions and have that big nice on that part, so. Um, yeah, mate, very well deserved. Um, the celebrations look pretty good. How quickly after the game did you jet off to Europe? Because you must have left pretty soon. Yeah, oh, I left about four thirty on Monday. So, <laughs> um, yeah, sort of get away, get away from bits along here. Jamie obviously working full time as well, um, lay bricks. So. It's a bit tough on the body, um, but yeah, just to have that opportunity to get away before we start pre-season again in November or so. Um, yeah, it doesn't come around often, but when it does, going to make the most of it because we are we are human as well. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're we're part time as we do enjoy to get away and enjoy ourselves. Um, so yeah, you've got to sort of take it when you can because by the time we know, we'll be back for pre-season. How do you find that balance at the moment? So is it is it more of a physical burnout at this stage or is it a bit of a mental burnout? Um, because, look, Branson and I do this podcast every week and even I'm feeling burnt out and I actually don't do any exercise with it. So I can't imagine how you guys are feeling. Yeah, well, it's, 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 I'd say it's mainly mental, like physical body views. So you sort of get up and go work and go to soccer and go home and repeat. Um, but just mentally, like, staying focused for you know, 90 minutes every week and... Um, especially in big games, it's, it's sort of very cutthroat and high-risk, high-reward. So, um, yeah, it's all, all sweet for the, for the success of the year. It absolutely is. And, look, it's been a successful club over the last couple of years. No doubt it will carry on into next year. Um, thank you very much for giving us some time this afternoon. Enjoy no worries, your time bro. overseas. And we look forward to seeing you back uh, with the gloves on later this year. 100%. Cheers, all right. boys. Thanks, mate. See ya. Thanks, mate, buddy. Very good chat with the heroic goalkeeper from the grand final on the weekend. Branson, what do you think of that? I thought it was really good. I, I, I quite enjoyed that. I love the fact that he flew out at 4.30 in the morning on Monday. Like, that's so crazy. Would, you, would, you, would, you, would, you, would you even go home? I mean, you'd have to go home to get your bag. I'm assuming you didn't take his bag to the grand final. Nah, well, I my, mean, I did. I mean, <laughs> Maybe it was in the cloakroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. The thing that I really found quite interesting was the fact that he said that he thought they were cooked. 
yeah. going into the finals. He was like, oh, so yeah. Well, so did we all. They played, well, I don't know, what was it, like a couple of weeks before and lost 3-0. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. Mm. Like, he thought they were cooked. That's what we thought. That's what everyone thought. They didn't look like a team entering the finals with any sort of game plan or form or momentum in any way. Uh, I think statistically as well, this was Bentley's worst year in the NPL. So every year, it was, sorry, in the NPL era, this was yeah, the well. first first time they'd finished outside the top four mm. in the NPL era. And then they, three, three wins in a row where there are underdogs in all of them and they ran away with a grand final. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was a weird season for them because they started off really well and then they kind of kept yo-yoing. Like yeah, well, they went J. down Le- to like well, J. A. Levy. Yeah, yeah, they went for like fifth and sixth, then up to second, then back down again, and and sort of they finished around about the point where I think their season probably looked like it. But you know, I just I absolutely loved his um his mentality going into that penalty shootout. I'm just like you know any any psychological edge you can get, um, it's the penalty shootout's a flip of a coin. Well, and I also found what he said. You know, like he was confident that if it went to penalties that they would win quite interesting. Obviously, Avondale had a young goalkeeper in what was only yeah. his second ever NPL start in yeah. a penalty shootout in the grand in the final. So if I was him, I would be feeling confident, but just a really interesting insight. And just going back to the game on a whole, so were you surprised that Bentley won? No. You it's weren't? No, well, because I... it's this thing where, like... And it's why I put it as a caveat in last week's preview episode was... I don't know what they're capable of. Like, they are the unknown. It's like, you know when sometimes, um, you know, in sort of like uh, A-League fixtures or like Premier League fixtures, because they play against each other all the time, you kind of know what to expect. But it's like when they have to go up, when you play against like Trabzonspor in Turkey and you're like, we don't know anything about it. Like, we've never seen them play. It's like, with Bentley, I kind of got that same sense of them of going, I don't know what they're capable of. Like, they could either get they could get beaten or they could win it quite easily. So it was I thought it was really interesting how they sort of carried themselves in that grand final where I think they were just like, let's just go out and just play football. You know, if it's good enough, it's good enough. Absolutely. And just on the flip side, going back to Avondale, absolutely heartbreaking for them. Like what a terrible way for their season to come to an end in terms of like I mean, if you look at it, like, they went through the entire year. They had such, you know, they, they set records along the way, like club records on the way. They looked, would you say, like the best team in the league all year? Um, I think they were definitely one of the more consistent teams until that final stands. I think what I'd say about Avondale, though, is that I don't think they actually had a failed season. Like, I know not winning silverware well, is well, failure. Yeah, well, but it's sort of like, you were so sorry to interject, but it's sort of like... It, it is, but it isn't. Like, it's so weird. Because, like, they were on top of the league for so yeah. long and then didn't win it. And then when you look at this grand final, in terms of the game itself, it felt like they were the team on top for so long as as well. And they had yeah. plenty of chances. Boland hit the par... Uh, sorry, Boland hit the crossbar. Yeah. Sakia hit the crossbar. Even that final penalty hit the post and then deflected back across goal. And, and aside from that, they, they had a whole bunch of chances. And they just... I don't know, this year they came so close so many times and couldn't get it done. As a football fan, though, it's like, cool, they finished second and made it to a grand final. I don't see that as a failure. Like, I I think it's still, like, a really good... And so they're probably, like, masters of their own demise. They're maybe setting their goals too high, but they need those goals anyway. They need to target those. And I think always in the back of my mind, I'm like, losing it makes it sweeter the next year. 
they're going to win something soon. Yeah, well, they. I think part of the thing as well was the fact that they lost the grand final last year, so it's now back-to-back grand yep. final defeats. So, like, that's so tough. You don't make history without rewriting the history books. Not no one of your better ones. No, no not, not one of your better ones there. But I just thought, I overall, I thought Avondale played... I, I think they should have won. I think they sort Ooh, of bitter Branson no, 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 unveils no, no. himself no, no, no. on the podcast. No, no, no. I've got my I've got my neutral hat on. So I think Avondale should have won in terms of they had better chances. But mm-hmm. I think Bentley. I don't want to say they played perfectly, and the only reason I'm going to say that is because there were a couple of chances that Avondale definitely should have taken. But I think Bentley played extremely, extremely well. Yeah, 100%. Like they... I thought both teams played really well. I, I actually, like, to be honest with you, I couldn't pick them, and it comes down to, like, I think a penalty shootout was the right way to decide it because it's like, yep, both teams had their chances. Yep, Avondale had more, but it's like, eh, you can create heaps of chances. But... And for Bentley, this is their third title in five years as well. Oh, this, yeah. And Crazy. That's sort of, yeah. And then in their, statistically, what was their worst year so far? So, Oh, I know we've been on this for ages. One really quick question I'm going to ask you. Yep. Chris Oldfield not injured, do you win that game? Do Avondale win? Yeah. Oh, that's so hard. It's such a prick question. That's isn't so it? hard. I don't know. I don't think, I don't oh, think it changes it. Uh, the, the, uh, it might. Maybe he doesn't get chipped. Maybe he does better in the penalty shootout. But also, against Heidelberg, he came out to punch that cross and, com- and completely missed it. Yep. So, do Avondale win? I don't know. Another thing that I just want to touch on that you just remind me, and this will be the last thing we touch on for this <laughs> game, Jonathan Germano. So, he started right, and he got subbed off in, I think, the 20th minute with an injury. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Right. So... His injury, absolutely bizarre. So, before the game, right, uh, comes out on the field, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, teams take the photo, comes back over. All of a sudden, he's got a black eye. And everyone on the bench is like, oh, mate, like, what's up with your eye? He's like, oh, no, we'll be fine. But you could see it. And then when he got subbed off, his eye was huge, huge black eye, super swollen. It was literally like... Closing over. Almost closing over. He said he had blurred vision, couldn't see out of, I think it was his his left eye, couldn't see out of that it properly. so weird. Guess what happened? Got stung by a bee. No. So what was happening? So after the team photo, everyone... All the players were on the field and they were giving each other, you know, like the final pre-game hug. One of the players accidentally poked Germano in the eye as he was giving him a hug. Germano's eye blew up like a balloon, had to get subbed off in the 20th minute. Is his eye okay? Uh, I believe his eye is okay from what I've uh, yeah. from what I've heard. Oh, but That's a weird injury. But he said, I was talking to him after the game, he said it was really weird because it wasn't even hard. It was just sort of like... He just got touched. He said it didn't hurt at the time. God, that's and, so weird. But it was crazy. It was just like, we sorry. need to get that documented Well, somewhere. I just thought that's that was like a, really... a, re- a really weird story. Forced off in a grand final because one of your teammates Poked accidentally you pokes you in the eye. Crazy. Grim. Um, let's move on. Yep. We've got other games to go to. Bran, you specifically, while I was on a flight, you were watching... Well, no, actually, we're not doing it in reverse order. No, we're not. Oh, okay. Well, well we can. Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's we'll, we'll stick with the MPL for yeah. this theme. Yeah. So you were on a flight. I was at Amy Park, watching the Dandy Thunder Bulleen Lions game. Uh, Dandy Thunder come out one nil. Victors secure their NPL status for another year. I thought this was a really high quality game. Really? 
I did. To be honest, I really did. Why watching? Yeah. We, we, did you see any of it? No, I saw some of the like. I saw the replay thing. Not like the I like the full game. I kind of spooled through, and I was like, eh. well, I just thought it didn't was, float my boat. No, I just thought it was good in terms of like both teams were coming out playing football in terms of high quality oh, game. Horror a relegation battle would yeah. do that. No, but like, well. It, but in such a meaningful game, you know how you see teams sort of sit back. Let's talk about like you know the Champions League final last year. Liverpool, Tottenham, Liverpool got the penalty, went up one nil, and then just sat back for a majority of the game. They're like, "Yep, cool, we're right." You know, well, neither team, neither team sort of. It, it felt like they came out to play from the get go. There was no sort of working your way into it. There was no. Dandy Thunder going, yeah, we're just going to sit back, or Boleyn going, absorb pressure. Yeah, like it just sort of seemed like both teams had a game plan and they were trying to play that way, and they weren't too worried about what the other side was doing. If that makes sense, it's a very un, it does. like not no, super. Don't, don't judge yourself. Keep going. Anyway, um, I quite enjoyed it. I quite liked it. Uh, I thought Boleyn overall looked more likely of the teams to score. I thought they looked more more threatening. I thought their game plan was sort of controlling possession more, building the play to generate chances, whereas uh, the Thunder sort of looked more to exploit their opponents on on the counter-attack. So, and this is going to sound... Well, Boleyn had more chances, including one that hit the post, I believe, as well. And it's going to sound weird, but the game was nil all for the first 80 minutes. But watching the game... Stick with me here, but it felt like the longer that Boleyn went without scoring, the more likely they were to lose. So, so you w- felt like Dan and Ong in the last ten minutes were more likely to score than Boleyn. What I was sitting there with, I was sitting there with the Avonale coaches, and we said, you know, at halftime that Brandon Barnes was going to be a factor. Like it just felt like it was. It's it just felt like if Avonale, sorry Avonale, if Boleyn were not able to get a goal, that. Dandenong and Brandon Barnes would do something, you know, have a moment to snatch the game. And in the end, that's what happened. But it was also weird as well, because up until he scored, I thought Brandon Barnes was actually relatively well held. Dandy's strategy seemed to sort of be get the ball on the counterattack and sort of hoof it long to him in a sort of one-on-one situation where you would back him against Boleyn's defenders. And it sort of seemed to... You could see how it would work, but it didn't work for the first 80 minutes, if that makes any sense. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Not really. Any of this I, game. And I think the thing was like the Brandon Barnes goal, so the goal that decides that, you know, comments we keep on file, Brandon Barnes bails Dandy Thunder out. Yes. Um, is that it was, like, it was a mistake. It was a defensive mistake, but, you know, if he gets a clean header on that one, it doesn't fall to Brandon Barnes. So I think it's, like... I actually don't think, like, you know, they've sort of played a really bad game against Brandon Barnes. He, he just takes his chances. That's what he does. He's prolific. Well, exactly. And that's just sort of what it felt like the game was sort of leading into. Like, a moment that he would sort of step up and make something happen. And, and he did in the end. But the big thing from this, though, is Brandon Barnes saved Andy Thunder, mate. But he won't be doing that anymore. Because news broke... Earlier this week, after the game, that he's gone. He's out. He's absolutely gone. He, he's not going to another NPL club. He nope. is heading back home. I think I heard on the commentary that his dad had come over for the grand final. And, um, you know, he's probably, like we've spoken about in the season, I think he finished like fifth or something in the um, in the NPL Player of the Year award the other week. Yeah. And it's like, to finish fifth in that, 
the players that are around him in the teams that are those players are in, you know, to be in a relegation scrap and still make the top five, he is an absolutely outstanding footballer and, well, you know, some of the accolades are outstanding. Well, sort of to just to kind of like recap his time. So he was in the NPL for four seasons, played 116 games and scored 119 goals. That is obscene. Won three Golden Boots, three Player of the Year awards and three Players Player of the Year awards in four seasons. Like, that's that's phenomenal. That goals per game stat is fucking bonkers. Well, that it, it's crazy. Like, I mm. mean, he... He had a spectacular impact on the league and for Danny Thunders. So it'll be really interesting to see. You cannot replace him. I just absolutely cannot replace him. But it goes to the point where maybe Danny Thunder need to look at bringing three to four quality players in order to replace that one player that they've lost. Yeah, maybe. Because it's just one of those ones where it's going to be really interesting where they are next season. Yeah, and, it, you know, so sort of wrapping up. So Danny Thunder, obviously they, they won, so they stay in the NPL. A little bit disappointing for Boleyn in terms of, I thought, they, well, I don't know, we, we, we won't break it down, but I would have liked to see them in it's the NPL. Yeah, me too. It's and, a hard day for Boleyn. Um, you know, we've gone to them a couple of times this year, and I think they've definitely got NPL quality in them, but they've got to earn it. Yeah, absolutely. You don't get gifted a promotion. Well, you don't get gifted anything, you know. No, we don't gift each other anything, ever. Well, well no. You made, you made dinner tonight. Yeah, well, yes. Uh, well, I was talking more about, you know, Avondale as well, you know. You, just because you're... Well, no, anyway, I'm going to stop talking because I've... Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm making sense I'm going to save anyway. you, and I'm going to jump into the other game. It was the middle game where the weather was mildly bad, but still not downpouring. Um, you know, we just went through the sunny fixture. Now we're in the sort of slightly overcast fixture. Look, Calder United beat Bulleen. It was a bad day for Bulleen. Calder United... They've won pretty much everything this year. They won the... They were premiers. They won the Nike Cup. They won the grand final. Did um, they win the Community Shield as well, I think? I have no idea. At the idea. start of the year? Potentially. Think, think they did. If it's right, Branson gets accolades. If it's wrong, Branson gets at mentioned on Twitter by all of the haters. Um, but Calder were the best team of the year, and they started strong in this game. Look, they took the lead in the seventh minute. Um, Emily Shields actually had a bit of a stitch-up in goal. Uh, came out to get the ball, got very little, if any, of the ball, mm. and then it fell pretty nicely, tucked home. Um, but, you know, as much as that sort of hurt Bulleen, they answered immediately. Um, friend had two shots in quick succession. I think they were about five minutes apart. Cracking shot. Um, then she followed it up with another one that hit the upright, I think. Well, one hit the crossbar and one hit the post. Yeah. Yeah, so two chances yeah. in five minutes that were literally inches away. And that away. would have put Bulleen 2-1 up, and it, they, they were agonizingly close. Um, and the, sort of the first half, you know, continued on that trend of two teams, I think, sort of irrespective of the scoreline, probably acting as if it's nil-nil, and just attacking, attacking each other. It was a really, really good game. Um Chances all over the place. Chances all over the place. Shields atoned for her early mistake by making a really smart save just before the half-time break. So realistically, you're looking at this being like, yep, cool. Um, this scoreline could have been five to seven different permutations. Um, but Bulleen kept pushing after the break, so after half-time. Um, the game got a little bit more frenetic and spicy, um, but ultimately there was a lot of huffing and puffing in this game, but there was no one who really... I think grabbed it by the scruff of its neck. No one really scored any... Like There were no goals after the first goal in the seventh minute. Um, 
and it was probably a fair win for Calder, I'd say, over the course of a season, but probably not in the game. Like, I actually thought Bulleen did well enough on the day to win the game, and they created enough sizable chances that they definitely could have been in it. But it's probably the result that we saw on paper. I remember when I rocked up and or I was talking to the Calder fans out the front, I was like, cool, what was the game like? Who won? And they were like, yeah, we won. And I was like, yeah, probably expected that one. Not, not a big surprise, but having re-watched it, it was definitely far more of a contest than the 1-0 dictates. Um, well, you know, well, 1-0 obviously dictates a, a, a close scoreline. Yeah, but it was, you know, it was probably more of like a 3-2 or something. You know, both teams had their chances. Right, um, yep. So uh, another good storyline out of it was Captain uh, for Calder, Alexandra Sinclair. She'd lost her father during the week. She obviously won the grand final and won the best player, which is really good. Um, so that was a nice little storyline in the sense of it's an incredibly sad thing to happen, but, you yeah. know, that sort of called a United as such a institution in women's football in Victoria, but I know that she's got that um, support network around her. So, you know, sad thing, but, you know, really, really nice sort of, like, storyline in that. Um, did you have a look at that Calder game at all? And, like, did, did you feel like it was probably more of a 3-2 game than I'm feeling? Well, I didn't get to watch this one live because I was down in the room. So, But I did go back and watch watch the replay. I thought I thought it was really tight. I mean, both teams had a number of excellent chances. And it just, it, it as you sort of said, it felt like there were more goals in this one. Like, more yeah. goals definitely could have been scored. So... I think, as you said, going back on, you know, the season as a whole, colder probably. They were they, out in front for so long. They dominated. There was that one round, the two rounds where everyone kept bloody, you know, beating and losing to each other and it kind of seesawed a little bit. But Well, well, they deserved to win. And, you know, we saw with, you know, we see it in football all the time, but just because a team deserved to win doesn't mean that they do. So in, in this instance, it's, it's a great outcome for them. It is. Uh, dominant season from them, look. Again, they're an institution. They will be up the very top next year. There was one other game on a Friday night. I do not know why it existed. St. Albans won the NPL 2 Grand Final. They're going up. They didn't need to play this game, but congratulations, St. Albans, on another another nod of success in this season. Excellent. I'm very much looking forward to having them up in the uh, NPL next year. Yeah, it should be good. Going to love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, end of a bumper and final review section of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, join us in a moment where we will jump into part two of episode 32 of the Semi-Pro Body. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of episode 32 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Branson, this is the last time we can do this. We're not even going to be doing a preview section. We've got no... We got note to preview. Well, we've got next year. We can go for a very way too early prediction. Do we even for know next the fixtures? Year. No, I don't know the fixtures, but we just throw out there who that actually might be a good idea. Who's going to win? Who's going to get relegated? Well, I like it a lot. Sort of throw it out there. Um, um, that's so semi-professional. This is the part of the podcast where we kind of loosen the belt, fill up the pint glass of. Memories of football. That's terrible. Yep, whatever um, you want to call it. And we look at some things around the world that are semi-professional. Um, one of the ones that I had in my list was... There was a Victorian team, Branson. Which one was it? Uh, Heidelberg? West Heidelberg? West Heidelberg. I'm bringing it up right now, live on the podcast. Um, it was a Facebook post. Heidelberg Eagles, Eagles. SC. Oops. Um, this was on Saturday, the um, September the 11th. 
39th minute. So it's like an update. It's like a mid-game update. 39th minute. Looking for boots. If anyone in the area has size 10 boots we could borrow, please bring them to the Heidelberg East Eagles bench before half-time. Our second keeper is currently searching for some. Thanks. Very semi-professional. Outstandingly semi-professional. Extremely semi-professional. I quite like that. That's I good. also like that if it was like, I don't know, maybe like their prolific goal scorer off the bench, but it's their second goalkeeper. It's like, wear sneakers, you prick. Yeah, well, a second goalkeeper. <laughs> How many times this year did we actually see a second goalkeeper? I reckon twice. Come into the game during a game. Twice. Yeah, probably because of red cards. Yes. when Daniel Thunder I can and think City of were I getting can, a shit ton of red cards. Well, I can cards. think of at least one. I think it was Kingston, the Kingston keeper. Yes. That incident comes to mind. But yes, anyway, love it. Uh, one that I saw that was quite semi-professional. Love it when this happens. Uh, Ross Barkley for Chelsea, that fine sporting club full of wankers. Uh, Oof. No, I don't like Chelsea. Don't like. No, them. I don't. I don't really like mm, Chelsea, but don't like him at all. Anyway, but, sorry. So Ross Barkley in the Champions League this morning takes a penalty over William. Sort of, they're both standing at the ball, balls on the ground, and he says to William, he says, "I, I got this. You know, like I'm, I'm going to take it. I've got it." And William sort of looks at him and goes, "Like, you know, are you sure?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, no, no. I've, I've definitely got it." William's not too happy. Anyway, he does allow Barkley to take it. Barkley steps up and misses, blasts it over the bar. And you just look at that and you go, that's an absolute classic. And it brought flashbacks of the uh, Kamara Mitrovic miss last year. That yeah, incident, that was quite good. Incident with Fulham was very similar, if not quite as that uh, was confrontational. Well, this, yeah, this wasn't as confrontational, but still very semi-professional in nature. Another semi-professional thing that I saw... Uh, in the Argentinian league, was there was a player who was running next to an opponent, going for a slide tackle, but of the unconventional variety. Rather than going in with one foot or you know two feet, he uh, was sort of running and sort of looked like he was losing his balance. And then to try to overcome that, he went for a slide tackle, but he sort of went and slide tackled with his head, which I thought was. Interesting, uh, not terribly effective in the manner which he, one, didn't get near the ball and two, gave away a foul. But then my other favourite part was after giving away the foul, he then got up and like remonstrated with the referee. Yeah, it's and so it's so strong. But it's just like, mate, you've <laughs> literally just tried to slide tackle with your head and you've ended up like head butting and wiping out a player with your shoulders. Like that's just not... A thing, and that's 100% a free it's kick. It's so funny to watch. It's, it's so... It's, it's so, bizarre. It's the weirdest body position to put yourself yeah, in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced he fully intended to do it. I think he just sort of rolled with I it, it was, but it, yeah, did, it, it did not... It was like half looking for the foul, so he's going to ground, but then he's like, I'm not going to get the foul here, so I'm going to have to header it clear. Yes, and it did not did not end well. Um, That's pretty... I'm trying to think if there's anything else semi-professional this week oh, that I got to. Well, we saw one tonight, the FFA Cup. What was it? Uh, uh, Harry Noon or whatever. Yeah, who, who... Harry Noon. Harry Noon, he plays for Heidelberg, doesn't he? Yeah, no, who's the Noon? Craig, for... Craig Noon? Yeah, Craig Noon or something. Whoever yeah. the Noon is for City. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, look at us, our NPL knowledge has replaced our 
A-League night. That's a bloody terrible sentence. Mate, do you even talk? Nah, you see, do you know what? After 32 weeks and doing Avondale Radio and just sort of chatting to you all the time, you thought I'd be, or you would think I would be okay, but uh, no, apparently not. Absolutely So, that's that. so semi-professional. Uh, Brand. Uh, yeah, so the ball's been played in, Noon's chasing after it, and the goalkeeper should 100% well, let well, it go out for a corner well, or a goalkeeper. Well, Noon's nowhere near. He's like five metres behind. It's about to roll over the byline. The Wanderers keeper sort of rushes Slides out. across, keeps it in play but then doesn't hold on to it by keeping it in play yeah because he taps it back in yeah well like he's about I think he sort of overcooked his slide so if he'd kept holding on to the ball he would have taken it out for a corner a corner yeah but then he decides <laughs> oh I don't want to do that so I'll just push the ball back in play to noon who's in acres of space who just picks up the ball and taps it in we've all made some really shithouse decisions Another yeah that thing was one that of I them. saw that was semi professional was the um no not this the Norwich game on the weekend was outstanding it's everything that we love about football I like that teams are now looking at you know your Liverpools and your Man Cities and going, don't don't be beaten before you play them. Go out and you know pressure them, force them to make mistakes. Um, there was a Man City fan after the game who was, you know, Ottomendi had a nightmare and he's blaming Guardiola and saying that Guardiola should get sacked. <laughs> that, that's a, such I don't know. I don't know. It's such probably, a bad take. It's and I know it's like what? probably one of those ones where he's he's saying that so they put him on the radio because he's a fucking idiot. But it's just like it's one of those ones where it's like, could you imagine if your club imagine if Fulham had um, Pep Guardiola as their manager, what, and we what, lost like, a game and we wanted him to be sacked? Yeah, you just wouldn't. Like you, just, you absolutely just wouldn't. It's like if if we lost to Chelsea the weekend, Liverpool, I wouldn't be like, "Ooh, Klopp's time's probably done." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was a bit semi professional. Um, Branson, last one for the year. I mm-hmm. get to pick on you. Yep. Great. Absolutely love this bit, ladies and gentlemen. If this is the first podcast you've listened to, the first episode, I don't know why the hell well, you're welcome. here, but thank you. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the end. Um, <laughs> what I do is I pick a couple of movies because Branson's seen absolutely none. And Branson has to, if he's not seen it, tell me what the movie's about. And yep. it's just great. So, Bran, I'm going to kick you off with a worldie here. Parent Trap. Uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, cool. I haven't seen it, but I think I've heard of this. But this could be a little bit of a last week situation where I got Blade and Blade Runner yeah. confused. Which that crossover film so needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I... I haven't seen it. It's a pretty literal movie title. Is it where there's like twins and the twins are raised away from each other and then they find out that they're twins so they like swap positions to get their parents to meet and get back together? Is that it? Very strong. Yeah, that's That's pretty much word to word. I've not seen it. They get their parents to get back together, yeah. Yeah, I've just seen like the ad for it. I think it's like, I don't know. Who's the actress in it? Absolutely no idea. Go on, have a stab in the dark. I, I... the thing that I am worse at than movies is actors and actresses. Absolutely. Say it. Who is it? I wouldn't even know. I'd... Come up with a name. You've got at least a billion in one chance of getting it right. <laughs> no idea. Absolutely no idea. Okay. I have no idea. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I don't know. How am I meant to know who's in it? <laughs> You're How so am I meant to know who's in it? You're so bad. Okay. You're I not... don't know. Okay, calm down. Angelina Jolie. <laughs> It's not Angelina Jolie. It's Lindsay Sarah Lohan. Jessica Parker. Lindsay Lohan. Hey, you're actually oh, getting Lindsay closer. Lohan. You're in the right continent. I have heard of her, but I didn't know she was in it. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. One more one. Yeah. Juice Bigelow. Oh, fuck off! Is it? What is that? <laughs> That's not even a movie. That's a boost order. That's when you go. Oh, hey, I'm welcome to boost. <laughs> Boost juice, what would you like? I'd like, what, what's it called? Boost 
Gigolo. Is that what it's called? A, a boost gigolo, and it'll be like, I don't know, something with banana and pineapple in it, you know, something a little oh, bit zesty. Man. Well, it de- banana's definitely on point. What do you think the film Juice Bigolo is about? Juice Bigolo? I don't <laughs> Juice Bigolo. Because you, like, um, you came up with boost right, well, gigolo, I'll give you a clue. You yeah, what's, what's, a bigolo, what's a bigolo? What's bigolo? What is that? Um, is it a place? Is it a person? Actually, sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually, I'm not giving you the full title. I've oh. stitched you up here. Yeah, you have. Okay, You're so bastard. the full title of the movie is Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Oh, I've definitely seen that now. Oh no, I haven't. Of oh, course, okay. I haven't. No, you um, that just makes it sound more and more like a porn film. Um, Gigolo yeah, is close to it. It's a male escort. Right, so this is a movie about a a guy who goes to the gym um, yep. and he's having a good time and he goes, do you know what, I'm not getting the results I need. I need some juice. So he goes up to another person and is like, hey, do you know where I can get some roids? And they say, yeah, there's this old lady, you know, very inconspicuous old lady. And she's like, yeah, you know, I'm... I can hook you up, juice but master, yeah. yeah, the juice master. But you got to be my gigolo, and then he gets sucked into the underworld male escort life. You know how you sort of is it? What what genre of film would you say this is? I would say it would be the male escort equivalent of those hard knock drug cartel. Oh, kind of okay, films. so it's like people die. Uh, no, well, people. Well, the drug life. Oh, sorry, the roid life is, has chosen him. And Great. so and so now he's now he's locked in and he's on the streets and he wants to get out but he just can't because he needs those needs those muscles. This is a I don't even know what this is, man. This this movie. Um, it's I it's, ha- it's most of our friends' favorite part of the podcast. Oh, it's Deuce Deuce. Yeah. I hundred percent thought you said Juice. So oh. yeah, I know that, and I was not going to correct you. Oh. So, <laughs> Juice Bigelow, Rob Schneider. Who I know you'll know. I absolutely don't. Is a less than attractive down to his down on his luck aquarium cleaner. One day he wrecks the house of a gigolo and needs quick money to repair it. The only way he can make it is to become a gigolo himself, taking on an unusual mix of female clients. He encounters a couple of problems though. He falls in love with one of his un, one of his unusual clients, a sleazy police officer who is hot on his trail. No, and a sleazy police oh, officer yes. is hot on his trail. Um, that box office smashed at ninety three million though. Right? Is that a lot for that's a box quite office? Quite a lot. If you think of that's what like one Virgil Van Dyke. Well, if I had ninety three million of anything, I would say that's a lot. Cheeseburgers, heaps, many. Yeah. Um. Branson, you've gone through well. Uh, what's the flag of Azerbaijan? Azerbaijan, it's blue, red, and green with a white crescent and a star in the middle. Nailed it. Bloody bananas. Are you looking on the, are you looking on the post? Are you cheating again? No, I'm double-checking I'm right. Yeah, you are. I'm going to double-check. Triple-check. Anyway, blue, talking. blue, white, and green. No, I'm going to wait till you search it. Because I also didn't do it. Yeah, okay. yeah, very well. Blue, red, and green with a right crescent and star. Love it. Nailed it. What do we like this week, uh, mate? Liked a few things. First thing that I saw, I like uh, Leeds manager Marcelo. Uh, how do you say his last name? Bielsa. Bielsa. Yes, thank you. Uh, there was a photo of him. Uh, well, sorry. When he manages, he wears a rather iconic tracksuit. And it's iconic in the sense that it's all grey 
and rather baggy and, you know, just sort of... It's, does not, it's not professional. No, it's not. And it sort of looks like it's slightly too big for him and he's like 70 years old and you just sort of look and you go, I'm not certain about that. You know I've been binging quite a bit of Queer Eye lately. Yes. And it, he's definitely a candidate for a makeover. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, like he's that perfect candidate for like... His clothes are too loose-fitting and they're a bit grey and unadventurous and he just needs to come out of his shell a bit. But anyway, go on. Well, it turns out he loves those clothes so much that he wears them grocery shopping because there was a spectacular photo of him him going grocery shopping in, I don't know, like just your average store down the street, just in his entire full Leeds tracksuit. So, like, you know, after the game, after training on the way home, he goes, I really need some wheat picks and milk and so off he goes. So I really like that. Yep. What did you like? Man, I had nothing in this. All right, well, I'll I, keep... like, I really, like, I was trying to look through our group chat, and by group chat, I mean the chat between you and me, yep. because we are our own group. Yeah, well, I'll keep on uh, rolling then. Another thing I liked was the Pyros at the Hamburg Derby between St. Pauli and Hamburg. Uh, I showed you a couple of videos and photos of this absolutely crazy, uh, huge thing of flares at one end, and by a huge thing, I mean like an actual bonfire. Like, you look at that and you go, and you go, this is an inferno. Like, this is why people are anti flares. Yeah, like, yeah. you're like, this is, this is not ideal. Uh, and then at the other end, they had a sim, well, an equally large thing of flares, a little bit more spread out, but then they also had fireworks going off inside the stadium. It was just Great. absolutely bananas. It looked so good. Hamburg, St. Pauli, huge rivals, huge game. You just look at it and you go, this is absolutely spectacular. Another thing that I saw that I liked uh, in the good old Chinese Super League, 90th minute Rabona. I'll be honest, I don't know who was playing because the video I saw, the teams were written in Mandarin, so I have no idea who they were because unfortunately I cannot read it, which is only my own fault. Um, But anyway, Team A was playing Team B. Uh, 90th minute, scores were locked, one all, and Team A on the counter-attack go forward, and Team A's striker whips out a spectacular Rabona with the scores tied to uh, to win the game. It was absolutely baller. Dribbling in the box, stops, like turns, to... Rabona's yeah, it into I the back of the net. I feel like you didn't need to fucking go through the whole palaver you had there of analysing Team A and Team B's performance and the build-up to it. It's like, I would have been like, there was a sick Rabona in the 90th minute of the Chinese Super League because you know I love a Rabona goal. Well, yes, well, I just... The build-up doesn't matter. It's well, the I fact s- that you get yourself into a position where you're like, you know what, the only way I can finish this is with a Rabona. Well, I think the problem was I started talking about the Chinese Super League and then I went to say the two teams that were involved and then realised that I didn't know who yeah. the two teams were involved with. Um, so I sort of tried to explain that a little bit. One thing I did like, yep. um, I'm actually... That Norwich game, I'm going to go back to it because mm. that was outstanding. Yeah. Um... There was one video that surfaced on Twitter and it's supporters down near the sort of corner flag yep. as they're sort of running down the clock. Yep. And then they pan across and it's just like pandemonium. You see all the fans celebrating. Um, you see like old people hugging their old friends. You see kids looking up at their parents and like with like tearful eyes of joy and then an entire end going ballistic. And I just love it that that's like, that's what football should be. And it's just really lovely. I think that's what, like, I think we're kind of, in the commercialization of football, kind of losing some of those moments. Right. So it's really good to have it again. So you really like the way the sort of the fans celebrated and showed their passion and excitement after they won? Is that what you mean? Yeah. And is that what that, the um is that what the Liverpool fans were doing this morning after the Napoli game, mate? Uh, to be honest with you, I was. 
That was such oh, a good get game. Get out of town. You lost 2-0. No, I'm cutting yeah, this off. So good. No, we are not going to turn no, brand don't making... Don't touch the mic. We're um, not going to turn brand making fun of no, Will for his team being no. shit-ins of Will talking about... No, because I will say one You've been very emotional today. So I will say one thing about that's really good is that I really like that um, clubs are now not sitting back against Well, you said that, and, yeah. You know, like, waiting to be yeah, beaten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck that Napoli game. Because normally what happens is the group stages of these competitions... You've got teams just, like, not wanting to lose. Maybe get a draw away from home, it's good enough. That game was a frenetic tempo. It was so good. And there was, like, challenges going left, right, and centre. And the other thing I wanted to say that I like is that on the weekend, when I was walking back from town, I was watching the Liverpool highlights. I think Sadio Mane is now overtaken Fernando Torres as one of my all-time favourite players. I think he has just got absolutely everything. I think he's a perfect footballer. He's so intelligent. Yeah. He's so good. Well, we're going to cut this off because this is not about to become a podcast of great Liverpool players. So let's move on. I mean, we'd discuss nah, great Fulham we'll... players if there were any. <laughs> many. <laughs> many. Let's well, not. Anyway. Um, I've got, got a, a quick yes or yeah. no for you. Yeah. Amy Park for the NPL Grand Final. No. I'm oh. going to say no. And last week you asked me as well if I liked that all the... Three games in one yeah, day? And I said yes. After this weekend, though... I've changed my mind. I just think uh, it's... I don't know if the games are sort of like... I don't know. Like, it's, it's such a long pause. I just don't think it sort of worked too well. Like, I just don't think that you had crowd... I don't think it maximised the crowd numbers no, at the each game. went in and out for each game. Yeah, exactly. Thought. And it sort of wasn't sort of... I didn't think it was sort of linked well enough where they would stay. And it's like, you know, you wouldn't get anyone from the Thunder and the Bulleen NPL game staying to watch the Avondale game because that's it's like... three games of football in a day. It's what, exhausting. Well, it started at 12.30. It finished at 10, you know? So it's it's so long. And Amy Park, so while, it's, while it's a world-class facility, and I think the big thing as well is like, you know, behind the scenes, they have a large number of change rooms. So they have the facilities to host... Six teams in, games in one yeah, day. Yeah, so I think that's a key thing, but it just looked so empty. Like, the, there was a big crowd, I thought, for the Thunder Bulleen game. Uh, didn't see the WNPL live, but then the Avondale game, I don't know if it was the rain that sort of forced people to sort of spread out behind the goals or whatever, but it just... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, think, I think I part of the problem... I would actually like to see them take so it... empty. Re- yeah, I would like to see them take it regional. Like, surely there's, like, some regional grounds that suit this perfectly and you take football to the people that might not otherwise get to see it. Because mm. I'd probably travel for it. I know that the family... Like, because realistically, on Sunday, the people who stuck around for the Avondale game were friends and family of the clubs. Yeah, I don't... And they're probably going to go anyway. Look, I don't know. I don't think there was, like, foot traffic walking around Melbourne being like, fuck, we're going to go check this out. Like, I don't know about regional... But, you know, watching the FFA Cup last night, Hume City against Central Coast, great crowd at ABD Stadium, and you sort of go, all of the, well, you sort of look at it and you go, all of those games would have filled ABD Stadium quite nicely. So I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of a no. I like that it's there. I don't think it quite works. The only other thing I'd say to that is I like the idea of building it towards it. So in 10 years time, if there's 20,000 people to an MPL grand final that makes sense to me yeah and it's like it's kind of like the npl's wembley yeah um you know it's that thing of like you've got you've got that thing that you go to play at amy park you know these players may never get the opportunity to play in a stadium like that so it's like this big event for it but oh look apparently it costs heaps to get the light the rent for and and it's just i don't think it's worth it branson we're near the end we are
We are. It's the very end of this, and I wanted to cast our eyes back and have a little bit of a review of the season because, you know, we started out this after meeting in Russia. Yep. And going, we want to get more involved in Victorian football, and what better way to do that and to hang out with each other on a weekly basis and do this? Did you think we'd make it to 32 episodes? Um, probably not, to be I, honest. I thought we had maybe eight in it. I, 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 I thought that stuff would get in the way too much, so I thought we've done a pretty darn good job of of consistently over 32 weeks making time to make it happen. Yeah. So I think that's been good. And I think it's just been very enjoyable because I am firmly of the belief that the NPL is the best league in Australia. Yep. It's got promotion, relegation. It's got a final series. I'm absolutely It's got that perfect mix of like shithousery, genuine football quality, talent, and then just like... Sort you of can't pick it and, and like and, can, and and closeness, like you know, like the ease of which it is to get involved with these clubs, get access to players, coaches, and actually sort of talk to people and learn more. Far about, closer to the community, it's yeah, not. It's not away from you as yeah, a supporter. Yeah, so I just think it's it's such a great league to get involved in, and I've really loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. I'm casting your eyes back. You know, we've spoken a lot about the football, and I think. You know, I'm going to steer clear of that. But, you know, this journey for us, you know, we've got to meet a whole lot of excellent people with it. Um, what's been your, your highlight of this podcast throughout the season? What's your what's one memory that this podcast has given you that stands out? Well, it's pretty... This is going to be pretty broad, but my favourite part has just been sort of like exploring more of the football community in Victoria. Yeah. So, like, before this Getting year... Getting out to grounds, talking to what, people in clubs. And, yeah, and like, you know, sort of before this year, my knowledge was very... Um, what's the word? Superficial? Shit. No. Well, yeah. Shallow? Yeah, shallow. Like, in terms of, like, it was the Socceroos and it was the A-League. And, yeah. it, was, and it wasn't a whole lot more than that. Obviously, you know, we're quite young, so we weren't really around for the NSL and that sort of stuff, so it's obviously mm-hmm. tricky to compare. Uh, I didn't grow up playing soccer at all either, so... My family's not super soccer orientated. They are now. Um, but I just sort of loved getting to understand more about the way that football in Victoria operates in terms of like the history of some of these clubs, how big some of these clubs are, getting to go to fields like Knight Stadium, yeah. like Lakeside, you know. And Oakley's ground as well. You know, that's like a good sort of stadium well, but, for but, the future going But like, on, you yeah. know, the Knights and Lakeside, which have, you know, so much history and, and stuff there and even... Even Green Gully, you know, who former national champions and all this sort of stuff and just going to different venues and, and and experiencing the culture and sort of learning more of the history and understanding more of, I don't know, sort of, the A-League sometimes is sort of, you know, a little bit soulless. Sterile. Yes, yeah, sterile is a good word. Soulless, you know, like Melbourne City, you don't have that connection. But, you know, going around to these MPL clubs, they have a lot more... A lot more heart about them, mm-hmm. so it's sort of. I really enjoyed getting to to learn more about yep. all the clubs and all of their unique journeys to where they are today. What about you, mate? I think my one memory that stands out for mine was the very first weekend that we went out, and we went to well, Dandy, Dandy, City. Dandy City, and the excitement we had before and, that. And Dandy City was a you know newly promoted team that spent a bit of money on the club and. You know, I was so keen to get involved in the food, and the food out there is outstanding. And you know, we, I just remember that being like, I've not been to anything like this in my life, and that was the start of it. And I was like, cool, anything from here is gonna amaze me. And in that first week as well, we had Heidelberg's lights go out. Yeah, 
that ticked the box for us. Yep. Absolutely loved it. Um, that was probably one memory that stood out for mine. Um, and it's just been... I've not known what to expect every single day since then. It's always dished up a lot of entertainment. There's definitely been some games where I'm like, God, I'm going to and, erase and that what, from my memory. But and, and just sort of like looking back on it, what an exciting year. We had yep. the title race go down to the final day. Yeah. The second last Promotion game. Promotion relegation had on the final yep. On the final day. And all three teams in the relegation zone won on the final day. Yep. Uh, you know, the Avondale-Heidelberg game in the second last week, you know, we had... Oakley going absolutely barnstorming run from, yeah. you know, in the relegation zone to finishing third. Dandy City, their remarkable survival. And then, you know, just stories all over the place. And it was just spectacular. The football was beautiful. Um, there's definitely going to be a low light in there. What you, well, what's yours? Low, I reckon the low light for mine was, this was maybe our fourth or fifth podcast. And we were recording on a Wednesday night. And we somehow fucked the audio up, and we were trying to mix it and edit. It was when we were doing like full on edits of the of the podcast, and I reckon we were editing till around about two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. Yep. And I was in my final weeks of my old job, and I was absolutely exhausted. I think I had two cups of Nescafe after one o'clock just to get me through. Yep. And I was completely broken, and that coffee was d- disgusting. Great. And I was just that. That for mine, I was like, I could put this podcast in the bin right now and never miss it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have. I don't know if I have a low light. I mean, could be in football and like you were at a game and you're like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what, what was that freezing game? What was that freezing Heidelberg game oh, on that sh- Friday night? Yeah, went to a, went to a couple of cold ones. Where did we go? Went to Berlin against. Oh shit! Yes, yeah, Bolina gets like Lang Warren. Yeah, on a Monday night. And, and it was, was it was it Bolina versus oh, Eastern Lions? No, no, the, no, the, the, the men's June, one we yeah, went to. Yeah. The men's one we went to as well. That was bloody freezing. But again, that wasn't really a low light. I, I don't have a super obvious low light for me, and I think that sort of says Speaks a, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the only thing that would be maybe you know, like we saw last night. Hume City apparently fans throwing water bottles. Not at, apparently, could see. Well, definitely, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, We've had some racism out of uh, Melbourne Knights throughout the season, yeah, well, and, 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 and and like, let's be fair, not just Melbourne Knights all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, either a thing like North Sunshine or stuff like that. Uh, what was it? Stuff oh, of the Altona game. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that would be like the the thing that's sort of like. A dampener. Yeah, exactly. But I don't. Nothing in terms of a low light really jumps out at me. It was just a fantastic year. Now, very quickly. Yes, my friend. Last thing we're going to do. Way too early predictions. Who's going to win the league next year? <laughs> Who's going to win the league next season? I'm going to. I'm going to say Oakley. I'm Ooh. going to say that Oakley absolutely mesmerised me this year, and I think Oakley are going to win it next year. Yep. Um, either grand final or the premiers, I'm not going to call it. Yep. I'm going to go for Bentley. Oh, you're going to do it. I reckon... You're going to do it. I reckon Bentley. I reckon they'll have a real rejuvenation. Nick Tolios can also... Here we go. I don't know if this fits into the semi-professional category or just the generally... Oh, sorry, pardon me. The generally remarkable. How about Nick Tolios? So, manager of Kingston gets... Um, his side gets relegated. Yeah. Relegated. And to be fair, 
probably not his fault. Like in terms of like Kingston, one of the smaller teams in terms of they limited... escaped it last year. Yeah, like were... you know budget, resources, yeah. attracting big players, stuff like that. You know, so they're probably they've probably got that going against them. So he gets his club relegated. All of a sudden, after that, he gets appointed as the Bentley manager in the second week of finals, takes over, wins a grand final. So has there ever been a manager who gets relegated and, I can't, then, wins, I can't, and then wins a grand final? Well, I can't think of a I can't think of an equivalent. It would be like it would almost be like, I don't know, uh Bill Sitting winning the World Cup with Australia two thousand and six. Well no, no. no I'm, th- I'm I'm thinking more of like, for example, someone like Marco Kurtz getting Melbourne Victory relegated this season. No, I'm thinking, <laughs> for example, bear with me here. So Jurgen Klopp, right, being the manager of like Huddersfield Town last year, right? Mm-hmm. Doing a good job with nothing, getting the team relegated. Manchester United, again, for example, they had a shit year. Mm-hmm. Uh promote him as their manager and then he leads them to win the Champions League final three weeks later. Like, it's just remarkable in in terms of a manager gets relegated then takes over a team in the same two weeks later Mm. at the end of the year and then wins something? Crazy. Um, Who gets relegated? Um, Do you know what? No, I'm not going to say Two teams, two teams, two teams. Um, I wanted to say Melbourne Knights, but I think it's a big shit. No, I don't think they'll get really... No, I reckon, I, really I'm, good. I'm actually... I reckon they'll be good. I reckon they'll make the finals next year. Way too um, early prediction. I'll throw mine. I reckon Altona Magic will go down. I think Dandy Thunder and St. Albans. Okay. Okay. Yeah, good tips. Good <laughs> tips. I'm going to go for Altona Magic and the Eastern Lions. I reckon they will come up and they will go back oh, down. That's not a bad shout, actually. Well, neither is neither is yours. Yeah, I do think Dandy Thunder without Brandon Barnes are going to have a yeah, fucking big fucking nightmare. trouble. Like, Ooh. big trouble. Yeah. Um, ladies and anyway. gentlemen, we're in big trouble because Branson just swore. But we're also in big trouble because what are we going to do, Branson? How are we going to be friends anymore? Well, we'll still be friends. We'll find something else yeah, to will. talk about, I'm no, sure. No, but, but in all seriousness, we're finishing off the weekly show. But what we're going to do is we're going to keep catching up with people with football in Victoria at the heart of uh, the front of our minds. We're going to talk to people about football. We're going to interview a couple of players. We're going to still be around football. So you'll see a couple of episodes pop up. If you've got ideas of things you want us to do, please reach out to us. Don't be strangers. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure on behalf of Branson and I to talk to you every week for the last 32 weeks. We'll see you all next year. We will. And hopefully next year we'll come back, you know, Bigger, better, and more knowledgeable about football in Victoria. And less semi-professional. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us for episode 32, the final episode for this season of the Semi-Pro Potty.